which this wild rain has not dissolved except the love of death except the Challenge for me. It was the first time ever in my entire life I've written an entire song with no accidentals. It's, uh, it's not something that I'm prone to doing at all. I love a lot of accidentals, but I decided to give myself the task of that. I also want to mention that song was uh, in honor of my old friend Jane Catherine Shaw, a puppeteer in New York. The song before that was in honor of my friend Nick Hodges. So uh, the first of the uh, songs to Ex Lover, and this one is for uh, my ex lover uh, Kelly Marsh, and uh, I've asked. Can see clearly now. By the way, um, I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a Bright, 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 sunshiny day. 
Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, October 9th, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. Uh, Mutiny Radio is on unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatouche Ohlone people, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. And we've got a land acknowledgement page up on the Weekly Review webpage. If you go up to weeklyrev.wordpress.com and click on land acknowledgement, we provide links with information including history, places to donate, and action items that folks can take uh, to be in solidarity with indigenous communities. I'm going to take a, a deep breath. Got here a little bit late, uh, but I'm here, and that's that's what counts. Yes. So let's start off with some music, as we often do. Um, this week we lost uh, Johnny Nash as well as Eddie Van Halen, so we'll be playing some of their music uh, on the show today, and uh, it's just thrilling when 
folks like you know Eddie Van Halen's still around, and yet uh, Trump and Pence are still around. But who knows what the next week holds? So fingers crossed, or starred, as my aunt would say. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to actually play a little bit more music while I get set up here. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Cupid, draw back your bow and let your arrow flow straight to my lover's heart for me. No, nobody else but me. Cupid, please hear my cry. I don't want to bother you, but I'm in distress. There's danger of me losing all of my happiness. For I love a girl who doesn't know I exist. Oh, and this you can fix. So, Cupid, draw back your bow. Do you hear us inside of there? 
and systematic racism. We've seen what happened to our black brothers and sisters. We know that the movement for black lives and black lives matter stands with us as indigenous people as we collectively fight for our liberation, for the collective movement for our people. And our, and our goal is not just to resist. Our goal is to radically, radically transform this country so that it works for everybody. This is sacred land. This is Lakota land. This is my land. I can stand right here. The aggression today was come out from you guys. We ain't going nowhere. This is our land. It's been our land for thousands of years. To the Pennington County Sheriff's Department, to the Highway Patrol, this is a warning to each and every one of you. You are unlawfully on our land without consent of our tribal leaders in violation of our treaties. You have an opportunity now that we're giving you to stand down and vacate our land. Whose land? Our land! 
let's check this out, going. And we're prepared to stand our ground. Today has been a proud day to be Lakota. Today has been a proud day to be indigenous. We shut down Mount Rushmore for three hours. And we did it in a good way. We felt that power from our ancestors. So Wolfie La Tonka and Chichi Apollo to each and every one of you. Hands behind your back! Hands behind your back! Hands behind your back! I'm not doing it. For our people, for our black hills. Right there here, sir. Where Now, 21 of those land defenders who stood in defense of the sacred Ezapa, the ancestral homeland of the Lakota and many other indigenous nations, are facing criminal charges inspired by the actions of the Lakota. NDN Collective has developed the Land Back Campaign, a multifaceted campaign to get indigenous lands back into indigenous hands and empower indigenous people across Turtle Island with the tools and strategies to do land back work in their own communities. The Land Back Campaign will officially launch on Indigenous Peoples Day, October 12th, 2020. In the meantime, uh, this is uh, their, their calls to action. Uh, watch and share the video, which I just shared, and that you can find it at landback.org. Uh, they have a petition uh, demanding Mount Rushmore be closed and all public lands in the Black Hills returned to its original peoples. And threes donate to the Land Back Campaign. And all these, all these pieces of information. So getting into the show here, and uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Perhaps you've listened before, maybe you're listening for the first time. Uh, either way, thank you so much for tuning in. It's, it's a show that hopes to provide uh, information and stories that either don't make it to corporate and mainstream media, and or if they do, it's presented with a really disturbing bias. So wanting just to share people's voices and people's stories and then play some music uh, to honor artists as well. <sighs> Gonna take a deep breath here. So as I mentioned, uh, start off with some music. I can see clearly now by Johnny Nash and then Jump by Van Halen. And at first, well, first I was gonna play the, the remaster of the original. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll play the live version. And then it was the Sammy Hagar singing. And I was like, oh, I want David Lee Roth to sing that version that I'm gonna play. That's, it seems very, uh, silly to even talk about that given the previous mentioning of land back and um, I guess one thing that can be related is that uh, well Eddie Van Halen faced a lot of racism his mom was Indonesian and his father was white Dutch and um, yeah it's kind of it just permeates everywhere so in a way it is connected. And uh, after that, we heard Johnny Nash with Cupid. Whew. Gonna take a few deep breaths here. And we've got a lot of stories to get to today. And also we'll be playing um, <sighs> take a deep breath. Words from Monica Roberts, who sadly passed away 
this past week. So we'll be playing that uh, later on in the episode. We do also have some news stories and upcoming events. I will start off with that. Seems like a good flow thing to start off with. Um, first thing that I have clicked on here is the Yes on 15 rally in the San Francisco, uh, in San Francisco at the Bank of America building. It's Monday, October 12th from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. It's about Yes on Prop 15, the location details bank, Bank of America building, 555 California Street, which is Trump's SF property. Uh, uh, there's a post in Facebook about it. Uh, join us Monday, October 12th from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. at the Bank of America building on 555 California Street to rally for Prop 15 alongside teachers, students, nurses, and other essential workers. a year in property tax venue. Please wear a mask. Demonstrators will respect social distancing and COVID guidelines. Organizations include Evolve California, United Educators of San Francisco, and School and Communities First. And they also provide a safety protocol for risk and harm reduction while protesting during COVID-19 on this page as well. And you can find more information at IndieBay.org. Yes, on 15 rally. All right, that is one upcoming event folks can participate in and or spread the word about. Um, go in in no particular order as I often do here. Sometimes there's a segue, oftentimes there's not, and there's so much that's happening and in the age of social media, so many folks are able to report on what's happening around the world. So of course this is again, as I always mention, it's a drop in the bucket. From what I, it's like from what is shared out there to what makes it into my frame of reference, and my, f you know, it's just all just this is just a small sampling of all that's going on in the world, and perhaps this audio recording will act as a uh, a time capsule in the future, and uh, just to see how how many people have fought and are fighting and continuing to fight for um, a better world a world where humans and animals and nature is respected. It doesn't seem that far-fetched, but a lot of folks, especially people in positions of power, seem to think it is. They, they seem to think it's too much to ask to uh, address climate change. It's too much to, uh, to ban fracking and to disband the military, considering the military is the largest polluter in the world. It's too much to ask that people get health care and that people have housing. And there's no shortage of resources. We have the housing, we have food, we have health care. It's just uh, private companies just want to make more money and locking people away. It's just so backwards and stupid. And uh, there's a phone that's in the studio that uh, someone has left here. So if you're listening, your phone's here. All right, so now we're going to go to Athens, Greece. And there is a... For more of a context, uh, there's an article in The Guardian that came out, Golden Dawn, The Rise and Fall of Greece's Neo-Nazis. And they were put on trial. Um, it'd be 
interesting if that happened here in the states to have Nazis put on trial. That would be they'd have to like I don't know start incriminating uh, cops and many politicians. But hey, that would be uh, that would be a thing. So uh, Noah Horowitz, you can follow at N O A H H U R O W I T Z, uh, shared a video. Here's the moment thousands of people in Athens hear the verdict declaring the fascist Golden Dawn Party a criminal organization. So oh, got over one million views. Pull up the here. and the video shows a huge crowd of people. Right? The streets are completely full. So originally this was shared by News 24-7. You can follow at News 247GR. And um, scrolling down here, and there's also the New York Times wrote about it as well. And of course the police started attacking everyone afterward the announcement, which is just, I guess, in line with what the police do. And then on October 8th, Rising Galaxy Studio, you can follow them at Rising Galaxy, tweeted, uh, today's strike bike demo in central Athens of the autonomous base union of delivery bikers against bosses, against capitalism, against fascists. And there's far more information here in this thread as well. So wanting to share that with folks. Cool. Good to hear when positive things happen. It's a re reminder that there are things worth celebrating. Going to share one more article, then we'll get back to some more music here. And OK, here's a, here's a thread. I also hope that the show provides information in terms of just learning. I've learned a lot during the show from articles that folks have written and having guests in the studio and constantly I feel like growing up in this country and I'm sure many other places too. There's so much learning and unlearning to do. So I have to um, accept and understand new information and also work um, just to amend my behaviors and thoughts and other, other things that I've been taught through school, through the media, through politicians, uh, other really harmful behaviors and untrue ways of looking at the world and looking at other people. And it's, it's a constant struggle and wanting to examine myself and my behaviors 
and wanting to be the most evolved and best person I can be. And it's a, every day. There's so much more to, more, many more ways to grow. And I know, particularly in these times, in terms of with the pandemic and the rise of fascism in this country, it's it, it feels difficult, even more difficult than prior, because so many people are struggling to stay afloat, and you know just get the basic needs met. And on top of that, on top of making sure that one has their basic needs met, ensuring that friends and family are doing all right, and folks that we don't know, and wanting to fight for everyone. And it maybe it sounds lofty, but I do feel like that's the only way forward is to ensure that everyone lives in a world where people feel safe and taken care of. And in order to do so, there's a lot of uh, deprogramming of what was taught here in the United States. I'm a big uh, proponent of folks who protest, and I feel that uh, direct action has a history, and not even feel, but it's my belief, along with many other folks, that direct action changes things a lot more readily than a lot of other forms of action, like, I don't know, voting every four years. And yeah, there are local elections that I think are important to take part in, and it is helpful when we have folks in positions of power who know what they're doing and actually want to help people, and also it's super important to support folks who are doing direct action and participating in boycotts and strikes and riots and getting their basic needs met. I think that's super crucial and in a way it gets changed done a lot faster. So I wanted to share a little, it's a comic. So I will read some of the wording for it. If you would like to follow along online, you can follow um, I found it through Mutual Aid Mads at Utah Mads, and um, it's a zine from Heading underscore Norther, so H-E-A-D-I-N-G underscore N-O-R-T-H-E-R, and also I recognize I'm spelling things out a lot, and it has been the goal on the show, and I'm this is one thing that I'm definitely like, I feel failing at is that the uh, wanting to have transcripts of these shows as well as translations and um, needing to ask for help. So if you are someone who is able to help out with that, that'd be greatly appreciated. I've also found some software to help transcript, transcribe some of these as well, so folks who are unable to hear can access the information as well. So I'm putting that out there. All right, so you can send us a message at djrimer, djrimer, at gmail.com. Cool. Okay, so this is some information about Black Block. It's the history of Black Block and how to block up safely, and it's specific to Portland, but can be applied anywhere. I'm going to open up this. It's a PDF. I'm going to open this up here. And again, this is by at Heading Northern. And so just read some information about it. Black Block is a, is a strategy to avoid police surveillance by dressing in generic black. Um, for the block uh, to cover face and hair, cover tattoos and piercings, uh, carry a black bag. Tips include using black tape to cover visible logos, no plain black shirt, turn one inside out. Try a t-shirt balaclava, but wear a mask underneath to protect against COVID-19. Change up your block often, including bags. Um, D-block, um, wearing block in transit makes you a target. Find a safe place without cameras to block up and D-block. Colorful mask and shirt, um, sometimes irony say uh stow all gear don't bring anything you're not willing to lose 
see if I can make this a little bit larger so I can read the print here. So the history and purpose. Black Walk originated in the Autonomen movement in West Berlin from 1980 to 81 when facing a housing crisis, thousands of people squatted in abandoned buildings. Black Walks are most often utilized to combat surveillance technology and it's often associated with anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, anarchist movements, but since its popularization, it has been used by diverse movements, including Hong Kong pro-democracy protesters. Over the next decade, Block became common in Germany and then spread to the rest of the world. Blocks are known for employing a diversity of tactics, including resisting police, dispersal, and property damage. Berlin in 1988-80,000 protesters, 8,000 Black Block disrupt IMF W8 Congress. Seattle 1999, anti-WTO protests mark first large black bloc in North America uh, that received national media attention. Um, Egypt in 2013, um, following revolution, black bloc formed to protect large anti-government protests and shut down public transit. And there's a little bubble here that says, why should you consider blocking up? One is to avoid surveillance and remain anonymous. Even if you don't think you're breaking any laws, police are arresting people for no more than their presence at protests. In Hong Kong in 2019, uh, protect other, um, let's see, huge black blocks battle with police, vandalized shopping malls, and more in pro-democracy protests, a direct result of proposed extradition bill. Uh, to protect others, if you look the same as vulnerable people, for instance, people on the front lines, people who are more marginalized, it's harder to identify them. It encourages widespread participation. Anyone can wear black. It also promotes unity and solidarity. Um, the block has no singular leadership, but it does have tactical strategy. Anyone can be a part of the, the black block. Much of the black block is very young. And Portland, this is, and again, this is talking more specifically about Portland, although it can be applied to anyone. In Portland and generally the US, blocks are most often made up of discrete affinity groups. Affinity groups are based on trusted friendships. Groups come together to form a large decentralized block that can accomplish goals. Um, they have uh, mom and dad block are forms of non-anonymous block. Other examples include chef block and lawyer block. These forms of block use the wearer's identity to send a public message and the uniformity of block to show unity. Disadvantages that small groups of people in block can be targets for police. Block works best in environments where block members have a place to slip away and de-block. For instance, it works better in a city than a field, and it works better uh, act at actions that, that, you, that you can lead. Media tends to portray block negatively. Using block to reach the public through these channels is difficult. These are some of the reasons why block isn't used at every action. Heads up, they say. Uh, anyone can wear block. Don't assume someone's race, risk level, or anything else about a person in block. And then they have. So you're at a port. You're at a Portland protest. And again, these have been the protests have been ongoing for months. And I think they've only stopped when there were the fires and the air quality was so um, unhealthy. Uh, and also the protests. I just have to make a comment. The protests are happening all around the country, and they're still. The media, or I should say corporate media, is not covering it as much. However, there are protests still happening around the country. Uh, during a dispersal, it's easy to panic. Don't panic. Running is a natural response to dispersal, but it leaves people behind and can lead to trampling. It's important to keep, excuse me, it's important to keep in touch 
with your affinity group and protest buddies. For all these reasons, walk, don't run, and don't turn your back on the riot cops. And do's and don'ts. Don't introduce yourself with your real name. Do, howdy, I'm FNAM. Do come up with an easy-to-hear nickname to use in blog. Do spread accurate information on your social media. And don't post pics or videos of protests, best case, disrespectful, worst, uh, dangerous. Uh, don't talk to your non-protesting friends and families about specific protest activities. Don't bring your phone to protests or at least turn off face and fingerprint unlocking. Do write the National Lawyers Guild um, line on your body before you head out, and they have the one here for Portland. However, we have one here in the Bay Area, and there's many other chapters around the country. Do talk to friends and family about abolition, protests, racism. Do have a protest buddy. Do establish clearly defined limits with them. Are you comfortable defying lawful orders, being tear gassed, getting arrested? Don't live stream protesters' actions or faces. Um, they were talking about the PPB who use streams for intel. Do point your phone at the cops. Consider delaying your stream by 30 minutes to complicate their response. Don't talk to cops, an illustrated guide. And they have a person just saying, I would like a lawyer. I am invoking my right to remain silent. Next up, um, block is a valuable tool for protecting yourself and others. It's one of a number of techniques you can employ to live to fight another day. Stay safe out there, and the person says, uh, that the person says, I'll see you next time. Action items. After a stressful protest, very important, after a stressful protest, a narrow escape, or a daring action, you'll have some emotions to unpack. That is very true. Being attacked by police is traumatic. Talk to your protest partner and affinity group. Help each other process. Doing so will make you more effective in the long run. As advertised, unsolicited advice. Um, spend time with people outside the context of actions. Take breaks. Quest Center is offering free mental health services and acupuncture for BIPOC protesters as of June 19th, 2020. You can find them at quest-center.org. Rose Hip Medic Collective has a collection of local resources at rosehipmedics.org forward slash links dash and dash resources forward slash local dash community dash resources. Block Curious. For a lot more info on how to do block right, check out the zine Blocks, Black and Otherwise, and they have citations as well. Um, from Crime Think, Autonomous Resistance, T. Olderman, T. Excuse me, T. Ortelman, uh, Autonomous Resist Resistance, Vitalist International, um, D. Kaiser, K. Dasuki, W. Eskandar, A. Kwan, and more. Okay, S let's see. They also recommend two zines, Crime Thinks, Blocks Black and Otherwise, and Can't Stop Chaos, which is K-A-O-S, A Brief History of the Black Block by Autonomous Resistance, and they say both, of which are a quick Google away. So again, you can find more information at headingzines.headingnorther.com, and that's H-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-R-T-H-E-R.com. All right, I think it's time for some more music, and this was going to be coupled up with the last song we played, Cupid by Johnny Nash. So here's uh, Van Halen thing singing about love. Thank you. 
When I want you in my arms, when I want you and all your charms, whenever I want you, all I have to do is a dream. Dream, 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 
we have a special correspondent, someone who tells us a little bit about what they're doing to rise up. This month, it's Monica Roberts from Houston, Texas. Monica? This is Monica Roberts. Uh, I was asked by uh, Dawn Ennis uh, uh, as part of her Rise Up show to talk to you folks about, you know, what I do as an advocate down here in the Lone Star State of Texas and doing so for about 20 years now, almost 20 years now. It actually you know, got started um, back in, the, in 1998 uh, after you know, being ticked off, uh, say, literally about an, an article in a trans theme publication that uh, led me to vow to go to Washington to lobby. And that had been doing so ever since on behalf of this community and others. One of the things that, you know, that I like doing and why I do it is because you know, I can't stand bullies. I say, especially bullies that have legislative power. Um, and the other thing about this is trans rights are human rights issues. Uh, that is a given that is not that is non-negotiable, and that is also uh, something that needs to be a reality, uh, say an accepted reality uh, in this country and across the world where say, we trans folks inhabit the planet. What are the things I do to advance um, say, our you know, human rights? Um, in addition to my now 11-year-old blog called Transgrio. Um, I also have lobbied at the state and federal level um, in the states of Kentucky where I used to live for about almost eight and a half years in my home state of Texas. Um, I've lobbied, you know, say the city of Houston. I've also lobbied uh, the city of Louisville. I have lobbied school districts to pass uh, trans inclusive policies, both in those two locales. Um, and um, I'm there, you know, to stand up for other groups when they are doing the same thing in terms of standing up for their human rights. As for when did I transition? Um, you know, I, fi I finally stepped up about 1994 to do so. Um, and I like to say my life began when I transitioned um, because, you know, I've gotten to do some amazing things over the last couple of years since then. Um, I've gotten a chance to go to the White House several times. I've gotten a chance to meet amazing people inside and outside this community that I probably wouldn't have met if I had not done so. Um, there are folks, I uh, think, you know, across this country and this planet that I call my friends. Um, and, you know, the fact that I'm happy and comfortable in my skin is something that you cannot uh, pay, uh, put any kind of price on. It's also been interesting to watch the journey of 
trans rights from the time that I have started uh, to now. Wow. We have made some amazing strides as a community. Um, you know, the inevitable backlash from our right-wing opposition was going to come, and it has, and definitely has been pushed full force here in Texas over the, you know, over the last year. But as you can see, we've been fighting them back just as hard as they've been pushing us. Uh, and we will continue to do so even with this, uh, as I call it, special oppression session that's coming up uh, in Austin starting on July 18th. I'm also kind of thinking about it this time, you know, the 12 who have been murdered due to anti-trans violence over, in 2017. And what saddens and angers me at the same time is that out of those um, 12 that we have lost, all of color, um, and 11 of the 12 are African American. Nine of those 12 are under age 40. You know, that means they will not reach my age. That's a travesty. I said, you know, our trans lives matter, uh, black trans lives matter, Latino trans lives matter. We are not your political I said, wedge issue. We are not, you know, your, you know, your secret fantasies and stuff. We are human beings who want to live our lives to the best of our ability and, you know, sp express our talents to the world, um, you know, just like anybody else. Monica Roberts, in her own words, uh, rest in power. We'll be playing a little bit more later on in the show, some words from Monica. I'm going to take a moment of silence, and we'll be back in just a bit. back. going to share some more information about an ongoing strike. Uh, nurses in San Joaquin Valley, uh, excuse me, San Joaquin County are on strike. If you follow, there's a Twitter account for the California Nurses Association, at CalNurses. Uh, they've been sharing information. You can also find more information at calnurses.org. And there's an article uh, by Marisa Lozano, RN, in medium.com, why I am striking. And there's also some footage from the strike in San Joaquin, at San Joaquin General Hospital. There's also folks in Alameda County who are also on strike. So I'm going to play a couple videos here with some more information, the way that folks can support these nurses. And the first is about 30 seconds. Uh, it's 
RN Kelly Barrero reports from day two, which was yesterday, of the RN strike line at San Joaquin General Hospital. After nearly two years of bargaining, nurses are still working without a contract that guarantees them the tools and supports they need to deliver safe patient care. Enough is enough. My name is Kelly Barrero and I'm here at San Joaquin General Hospital. We're out here with the support of all the nurses. We're here striking for patient safety. Uh, we're demanding that the county officials, elected county officials and county administration be held accountable um, for their actions and trying to erode away the safety measures that have been put in place for nurses. RNs at two public health systems in California have been working without protections and need to protect patients. Stand with nurses as they fight to put patients first and call the Alameda County Board of Supervisors at 510-726-8383, San Joaquin County BOS, 209-452-2456. I'll share, yes, I shared this already. You can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Nurses from two public health. Let me pause it and go back to the beginning here. Anyway. Nurses from two public health systems in California, San Joaquin County and Alameda Health System in Alameda County will be striking for safe patient care. Striking is not a first resort for nurses. It's a last resort. To understand why nurses are striking, imagine for a moment that you are in charge of keeping human beings alive. Then during a deadly pandemic, one of your patients codes or is rapidly dying. Unfortunately, the crash cart, which should have everything you need to save your patient is missing pieces. And the powered air purifying respirator you need to save your own life while you intubate that patient isn't charged. This is a real example from Alameda Health System one of many. San Joaquin County nurses have their own stories of not having the right resources to protect their patients and themselves, of their employers understaffing critical care units, of being put at risk and having their patients put at risk. And nurses in both of these counties have been working without a union contract for nearly two years. We are calling on the public to stand with nurses and patients. Please call the Alameda County Board of Supervisors at 510-726-8383 and chair of the San Joaquin County Board of Supervisors at 209-452-2456. Tell them to protect public health. Thank you. Twitter at Cal Nurses. And uh, can take a deep breath here. It's a little bit after one o'clock. I just shut off the microphone because I'm taking in all this information. I think it's time for another music break. And uh, we'll get back to our Johnny Nash and Van Halen mashup. That sounded weird. You know what I mean. We'll be back uh, after the music. Thanks for listening.
forgot how much I love that song. Oh, that was Van Halen with Right Now. And before that, um, Johnny Nash with There Are More Questions Than Answers. And that is absolutely true. Got a couple events coming up, things that folks can do to participate. Often on the show, I like to just share upcoming uh, teach-ins and classes. And there's so many ways folks can participate in creating a better world. I feel like I'm harping on that a lot, but that's general general principle. So again, lots of information, and I do feel like folks would do more to help one another if we were aware of more ways. So that's what I hope to provide here for myself as well. Uh, Berkeley Cop Watch as has shared an event that's coming up. Unhoused residents of Seabreeze Camp are calling for support. Show up from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on October 13th. This is at the Seabreeze Camp, which is on University and the I-80. Uh, cop watchers and witnesses needed. The city of Berkeley plans to evict Seabreeze Camp on October 13th, displacing over 100 people living there. The city wants to look look good for elections at expense of the community. Training is offered by Berkeley Cop Watch October 10th, which is tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can register at defendseabreeze.eventbrite.com. Train with us online on 1010. Show up in person on 1013. Solidarity and unity with unhoused residents at Berkeley. The city of Berkeley plans to evict over 100 people on Tuesday, October 13th, from the Seabreeze Homeless Encampment on University and the I-80. There is no plan for the welfare of these citizens, only a desire on behalf of some city officials to appear, quote-unquote, tough on homelessness. Hey, uh, how about you house people then? Sorry. I mean, they're not listening to this show, I'm guessing. However, <sighs> I, uh, okay. my groans are particularly loud today. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, so the city officials want to appear, quote-unquote, tough on homelessness during election season. In the middle of a global health crisis and a civil rights uprising, our most vulnerable residents are putting out a plea for solidarity. The, this interactive training is meant as an introduction to your constitutional rights as they pertain to the police and strategies for filming and documenting the police. This is also meant to give you tools so you can better advocate for your rights and the rights of others. And they provide a link where you can register for this Saturday's training, Defend the Seabreeze, and the information I've shared already. Again, you can go to defendseabreeze.eventbrite.com. If you can't make it to the online, you still want to make it to the other training places, you can do it here. Let's talk now. Into the audio. And for folks at home, you can find this at Know Your Rights with Berkeley Cop Watch. This was shared on October 7th, 2020. Oh, wow. It's an hour and 51 minutes. So we go off the air here in about 45 minutes. So we can't get too much of it, but I'll play a little bit. And then when it feels all right, I will uh, I'll, uh, uh, fade out and talk about other uh, events that are coming up. So again, you can find this at Know Your Rights with Berkeley Cop Watch, which was shared by Berkeley Cop Watch on YouTube. Oh, wait. I think we saw some Van Halen playing in the background. That's pretty awesome. And we will be getting to that. Uh, we will be getting to that momentarily. But first up, Berkeley Cop Watch, Know Your Rights. All right, so um, what's going to happen today is that this is meant to be um, – an introduction to your constitutional rights as they relate to policing, as they relate to strategies for filming, documenting. Um, so what we're going to try to do is 
give you the orientation of you know why you have the rights that you do, what rights you have in those interactions, um, some strategies for dealing. Um, you know, we're certainly um, you know looking to give you skills and to welcome you if you want to work with Copwatch. We are certainly always looking for folks to go out on shifts and to um, we want to train you. So that's an option as well. Uh, we are going to show, we'll show some staged footage of police uh, aggression and some actual protest footage. Uh, we're going to discuss police violence and, you know, murder. We're not going to show any of the most graphic, you know, we're not going to do that. We don't need to do that today. I do want to let you know that we're not lawyers. And that's a strength, we think, because <coughs> most of us walking out on the streets are not, um, are not lawyers. But Copwatch is not the preserve of lawyers. You know, if you've got eyes and you, you know, and you've got a brain, you've got all you need to observe and document police activity. But in terms of understanding what you're seeing, contextualizing it, and thinking through some of the possible uh, ways to respond, it's good to know the law, good to know some of the relevant general orders and uh, processes that are in, in, at work in any given interaction. Go ahead, next. So uh, we, I think it's important for us to understand, in order to be what we are as Copwatch that started in 1990, and that now there's Copwatch groups all over the country, all over Canada, um, these groups have this in common. They agreed to, uh, you know, this idea of not, we're not, violent, you know, we're not trying to violently resist police aggression, and we are about actually directly monitoring police. We actually go out and see the police and make that stand. But we, we just want to give, um, give honor and give context to this effort, because the idea of challenging police abuse is certainly not new. Um, you know, we have obviously, you know, this goes all the way back to slave resistance to slave patrols, you know, and it, it goes on. Um, we go back to the Black Panther Party for self-defense. Now, remember that they were patrolling their neighborhoods. They were doing it not with cameras necessarily, but with guns. They were ready to defend against police aggression. There were the Brown Berets, uh, a Latinx, um, actually it was a Chicano movement, uh, again, around self-defense, uh, the American Indian Movement, they were all, you know, challenging police abuse and police incursions into their community. So, you know, we see ourselves as part of that continuum of resistance. Um, next slide, please. Uh, and I guess I also just want to say, I'm, I'm hopeful that people know this. I know it's been said a lot lately. Just that to understand, why are the police so especially racist? Like, what, what, what's going on with that? Why? And we have to understand that the origins of police in America have to do with the desire of slave owners to patrol, uh, not, only, not only to capture runaway slaves, but to maintain a patrol of areas where freed black people lived, right? Not everybody was a slave. But the white men believed that they had the right to 
and they wanted to they wanted to control those areas and control them and and preclude any organizing or resistance likewise in the northeast we know that that police began policing began as a response to organizing that was happening you know the industrial revolution was happening factory workers were going on strike so remember that there are waves of immigrants from europe coming from germany coming from italy coming with ideologies of anarchy and remember the communist manifesto was written in 1849 right around this you know right around the same time that policing was beginning in america so it was about uh, taking over the factory floor and brutalizing people who went on strike we also know that in the west that policing began as part of this effort to deprive people of their land to to take californios who uh, lived in California who were of Mexican origin to take their land from them. So, you know, there's a common theme here, of course. Just wanted to, to, you know, offer that context. And also, you know, policing again as a, as a bulwark against, uh, you know, the claims of indigenous people to the right to their land. So, yes, just to give you the framework that, that we share in common. All right. The history of Berkeley Cop Watch, you know, we've been involved in um, uh, a lot of, you know, what can I say? We started out uh, in 1990 as a response to a huge gentrification that was taking place, that it coordinated police and city services. They wanted to rid the area, not only of poor people, not only of unhoused people, but there was a lot of black youth were coming to Telegraph Avenue at you know on Friday and Saturday nights because it was like pizza and record stores and they like to you know kids like to cruise and meet each other and have fun and and the powers that be they didn't they didn't want all that so they sent in police to you know ticket them and harass them and to make you know tell the stores that they needed to close early and it was just a, it was an incredible um, and blatant. Uh, gentrification effort. Um, but over the years, we've been involved in exposing police misconduct in a variety of ways. Sometimes our footage has been used in court cases. Uh, sometimes we use it to publicize what we feel are unjust practices by the police. And this is a very abbreviated timeline. We have, you know, we have 30 years of history, which if you're interested, you can go to our website and look back under resources. We have a lot of that listed. Um, but yeah, we did hold the first national convention of Cop Watch groups. We were going to have a 30th anniversary celebration this year, but that got that got that got changed. Um, but we're proud to announce that after a couple of years of work with a group called Witness in New York, we have created a template, a database template, to help us bring together all the stories and anecdotes and incidents of police conduct and um, and to begin to, to think about how we can use it more strategically. We'll talk about that more um, as we go on. Next slide, please. So the things we want to cover today, you know, the principles of cop watching, what our legal rights are, which I think is the kind of the meat of our training, the three types of stops, uh, cop watching techniques, how to film, some pointers for that. Um, and, uh, and and just give you kind of a taste of like 
if we do good cop watching, if we do good documenting, what can we do? How can we strike back? And that's that's where we like to end up um, as we go on. Next slide, please. So we are going to talk about your rights under the law, but I think it's important for us to understand this, that, um, you know, what your rights are and how they play out in the streets are often not the same thing. So I guess I want I want you to understand that we recognize that there's a disparity, but we're fighting for these rights. We, we, wanna, we wanna defend them, we wanna fight for them. Um, so we use the strategy of nonviolence to avoid escalating situations and endangering the person who is being stalked. That's what we've agreed to organizationally, and for a lot of reasons, we have to proclaim our nonviolence. It helps to keep us safe as an organization. Um, but what we also understand is that uh, the dynamics of privilege are constantly at work. Whether you are a cop watcher, a white cop watcher, or a person of color who is observing a police incident, whether you are the subject who is white or person of color, how the police respond over and over and over again. We see the dynamics of privilege and power playing out in those interactions. So we're not trying to tell anybody what they should do. And we hold no judgment about anybody, you know, about how you react in that situation. We have, we have decided that these tactics work organizationally for us. But, um, but we recognize when faced with a situation where somebody is, you know, literally under the knee of a of a law enforcement officer, you 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 have to act in accordance with your conscience, and we respect that. Um, so, does anybody have any questions about that? I don't know. I, I, I it's hard to know who's in the room, like if you're, what your experience is, and so. Um, just want to invite your uh, questions or comments. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go on. Um. So, our principles. We're we at Copwatch. We're starting from this that we believe that it's important to film the police. We believe in de-escalation. And that may be different than other folks. Other folks may want to confront and fight it out. We go to our cop watch shifts without arms. We do not carry weapons. So our tactic is around de-escalation. We believe that the person who is subject of the stop, it's like a hostage situation. We, we want to do every, we want, our actions are not in support necessarily of some bigger political agenda. It's we're trying to support that person in that moment. So we're going to try to calm the police. We're going to try to calm the situation. Do our best to get them out of the reach of police unharmed as possible. So we want to support the rights and safety of the detainee um, through observing. We're hoping that our presence on the scene in some way can act as a deterrent to the police officer's violence. We want to document and demand justice. We want to follow through. We seek alternatives to policing. And we want to empower the, the community to, to confront the situation. 
So agree, disagree, you know, you're free. <laughs> we understand diversity of tactics is, is, a, is a fact and, and we have respect for that. So next slide, please. So now let's get into your rights um, and how these are all relevant to cop watching and interacting with the police. So the First Amendment, um, the right to, to petition the government for redress of grievances. So this is where our right to film comes from. So since we have a right to uh, address, uh, to ask the government to, you know, if we have a grievance, then in order to, um, you know, back up that grievance, you would need evidence. And so that's why you are, you know, allowed to film. Uh, that's where that comes from. So that is your right to film. So you have a First Amendment right to film the police. The Fourth Amendment right, protection against unreasonable search and seizure. So this is, um, the cops cannot take your phone, um, which is why we recommend standing out of, I call it snatching distance, but um, cause they, just because they're not supposed to take your phone doesn't mean they might not try to. So they can't take your phone, they can't search your phone. Um, they can't search you. Um, Basically, if a police officer is asking you, may I X, Y, Z, then that means you have a right to say no to it. Um, and this also applies to you, your, your physical bodily self. We've heard lately in the news about the police um, uh, in Portland, for example, kind of um, just snatching people off the streets. And it happened in New York recently as well. Um, without... Um, uh, a reasonable, uh, reasonable reason. Um, so the police cannot cannot seize you either uh, without, you can't be arrested without knowing why. The Fifth Amendment. So many of us have probably heard, uh, I plead the Fifth. So you have a right to remain silent, just use it. There is uh, never ever anything helpful that will come out of talking to the police. Um, it is illegal for you to lie to the police, but they can say whatever they want to you and they will. Um, so do not, even, even a casual or thoughtless word to the police, um, can be twisted into, um, can be construed as that you were telling a lie. It can be, it can turn into all sorts of things. Um, so politely declining to speak is, is always your best answer. And then a few other things that don't apply so much on the streets, but uh, a right to a speedy and public trial, a jury of your peers, um, a right to know why you're being arrested, that is important, and the right to legal counsel. And the Eighth Amendment. Um, these last two are often, um, heavily, heavily disproportionately used against black people and people of color, um, who leave them lingering in the prison system. Um, 
we won't get into those so much today, but they are, they are your rights. And then uh, we also just want to note, we're not going to get into this a lot today, but um, all people on American soil are covered by the, um, these constitutional rights apply to you, no matter your citizenship. So we're going to send you um, a resources guide after the training today. Uh, and there's some really great links in there um, for all sorts of stuff, but especially for uh, undocumented people as well. And um, again, remaining silent will uh, always be to your advantage. And do not sign anything, not sign anything. This applies to, to everyone. Um, and along with remaining silent, uh, again, do not lie. Um, and that goes into don't, don't provide false documents. Um, yeah, but just know that uh, the rights, these rights do apply to you. And if you go online, um, there are a lot of, uh, again, there's links to it in our resources page. But this slide references something called a Know Your Rights card. And this basically is a, um, is a card in English and Spanish that um, says that you don't want to speak to the police and that you want to speak to your lawyer. And it's, um, it would be up to you to decide if that was a good thing for you to, to carry around. All right, I'm going to use that opportunity to, to jump in here. Again, I've been playing <clears throat> video from Berkeley Cop Watch that was posted on October 7th, 2020. Know Your Rights with Berkeley Cop Watch. They are offering a training tomorrow. And I did, in the time that I started playing that video, and now I did receive an email from Berkeley Cop Watch with some good news for Defend Seabreeze uh, update. All hands, okay, so initially folks were calling for folks to come through on the 13th and they say update yes 13 minutes ago um, thanks to the tireless work of where do we go Berkeley Berkeley cop watch and other community organizers in solidarity with the unhoused residents of the Seabreeze encampment the city's eviction plan for the 13th has been called off yay you can't see me but I'm shooting my finger guns into the air like yay um, cool um, while this is a huge success, it is certainly not the end of the city's anti-homelessness agenda. We are now asking for help this Saturday and Sunday, October 10th and 11th from 7 a.m. to sunset to clean up the Seabreeze encampment. We can support each other and meet each other's needs without inflicting the trauma of a forced eviction. We want a safe and beautiful Berkeley for all, unhoused and housed alike show our unhoused community that we are here for them. In the past month, we have seen officials across the Bay Area unleash war on their unhoused neighbors. Less than two weeks ago, the residents at Willard Park these ambassadors, and that's in quotation marks, now carry batons, pepper spray, and handcuffs. Fuck that. Ugh, to police unhoused and poor people in downtown Berkeley. On October 20th, it's primarily black homeless population. 
gloves are required. Bring water. Bring a friend. I see you out there. P.S. Uh, they're still going to be hosting their Know Your Rights training this Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. While the city has backed off for the moment, this is far from over. Equip yourself now with the tools you need to better educate, excuse me, better advocate for your rights and the rights of others. And again, there's the register. And I am, we are, we, it's at the end of the show, so I'm kind of like, word salad in my mind and through my mouth. Go to wordpress.weeklyrebs.com. No, wait, it's the other way around. See, this is what happens when I uh, start talking too fast. Weekly Rev, which is W-E-E-K-L-Y-R-E-V.wordpress.com is the website we've been working on to, and we, it's uh, very broad, but we, because so many folks uh, contribute information to make the show happen. Um, if you go to this page, weeklyrev.wordpress.com, creating, we're creating a companion piece to the show. So a lot of the links I talk about, um, folks, if you're listening and you want to learn more and or share the links on social media and or with other folks through whatever means, um, I'll be providing links on the site. So from what I just mentioned, if you go to weeklyrev.wordpress.com, um, within the next day or so, we'll have links up for a lot of the information that we're talking about here. Also, it's 1.36, so got a little bit of time left, and there's so much more to get to. Yikes, I'm going to do like a five quick things, and it really sounds stupid when I say that. I'm not being hard on myself. I'm being hard on the world itself because these are things that require a lot of time and energy, and to just be like, you know, five quick things. It's not quick things. These are stories and articles and pieces of information that deserve a lot more time and also wanting to be aware of the time constraints we have here and my own energy level here. One uh, is from an article from newamerica.org, Automated Intrusion Systemic Discrimination, How Untethered Algorithms Harm... Alg <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going... Uh, all I had today was coffee, but I'm still just, like, wired. Okay. Automated Intrusion Systemic Discrimination, How Untethered Algorithms Harm Privacy and Civil Rights. This is written by Christine... Bannon and Marguerite Blaze, and it came out on, or last updated on October 7th, 2020, and you can find this at newamerica.org. That was one thing. Another thing is Haymarket Books. Everyone should support Haymarket Books. Learning together while staying apart. Online event schedules. If you go to haymarketbooks.org, you'll find their um, events that are coming up, um, and I'll read a little bit from here. The coronavirus crisis, like all others, is felt unevenly. Those at the receiving end of exploitation and oppression under conditions of capitalist nor normality also bear the brunt of social, economic, and health impacts of the virus. Haymarket Books is determined to offer a political response to the crisis, believing that our mission to support struggles for social and economic justice is more vital than ever. In collaboration with our authors and a range of partners, we are organizing an ongoing series of events to allow us to respond both to the coronavirus crisis itself and to maintain our collective political, cultural, and social life in a manner that fosters struggle, solidarity, and debate. While all of our online events are free, we ask that those who are able make a solidarity donation. They provide a link.
15th. The the Breakbeat Poets Live, Chapter 5, hosted by Kevin Collette. We've got more, even more coming up. But that's uh, for the next week or so. Again, more information at haymarketbooks.org. This, not delete it. I'm uh, talking to myself, but I'm on the radio. Funny how that works. Okay. Also wanted to share, um, I don't want to share bad news, but I do feel like it's important to share news. patients and we are now considering what further regulatory action to take Duncan Rudkin chief executive of the General Pharmaceutical Council titles the author and we've got more information there um, and way beyond time for folks to we talk about workers controlling the means of production I have constant fantasies and I'm not the only one of trans folks taking over pharmaceuticals and just making sure that we all have access to what we need. Um, hope that there are some more action being taken and everyone gets the resources that, that, that they need. And I will continue. Oh, goodness. Um, just to learn as much as I can about this and find ways that folks can access what they need. Whew. All right, uh, another article didn't quite get to, um, but we'll set a headline for uh, black students for disarmament at Yale host virtual teaching to meet with administration. This came out on October 2nd, written by Talat Aman and Emily Tian. That's from yaledailynews.com. It's October 2nd. And all right, so that would be Whew. four of the articles wanted to get to. And also a reminder to vote no on 22 for folks who are doing the early voting. Uh, Uber and Lyft can go fuck themselves, and they've been putting millions of dollars into f like these fucking ridiculous ads. I've gotten texts. I've gotten emails. The few times I see ads on TV, it's fucking lies from Uber and Lyft. Uh, vote no on 22. And for more information, please check out Gig Workers Rising and We Drive Progress as well. I spoke with uh, three drivers who shared their their thoughts and their stories. So again, vote no on 22. And all right, 143. It's time to wrap up. All right, gonna wrap up with 
Monica Roberts, uh, who spoke at the All In for Equality Advocacy Day in Austin. This is from a few years ago. I'm going to share this link. You can find it on YouTube. You can also find her Transgrio blog as well online. And then some music after that. So again, thanks so much for tuning in. Woof, there's a lot here. Um, please do follow us. Um, you can subscribe around iTunes and Stitcher. And the page we have is weeklyrev.wordpress.com. More links there. Support Mutiny Radio. We have a Patreon up. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev. Any, anything you can donate at all really helps quite a bit. So without further ado, here's Monica Roberts. And we'll be back <sighs> next week with more info. Thanks. know me. <laughs> okay. I'm Monica Roberts. I am a board member of the Black Trans Women Inc. organization based in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and also sit on the Trans United Fund board and we send our greetings on behalf of both those organizations. <laughs> so, and since, and you might have heard, I have some blog that nobody reads called Transgrio. <laughs> Well, one of the things I'm going to talk about as I, as I talk about on the blog is history. And one, and in the, in the context of this, we have to know where this sentiment to pass HSB6 is coming from. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said about unjust laws is that an unjust law is a code that a numerical or power majority group compels a minority group to obey but does not make binding upon itself. Does that sound like a piece of legislation that was just passed uh, last week? Is Lois Colcourt and her Republican female colleagues going to go into the men's bathroom like they're trying to force uh, Texas transgender women to do if SB6 is passed? What do you think that's what the answer to that question will be? So we are looking at the fact that SB6 is an unjust law. We also are looking at the fact that in this building, over Texas's tortured history, they have had a long negative history of passing legislation to demonize and attack the human rights of people that they don't like. Many of those people looked like me and my ancestors. There's the right primary that was passed to restrict voter registration back in the 40s, 50s, and, and on to today, up to the odious voter suppression acts. There's also other legislation that they have passed to, let's say, restrict the voting rights of black and Latino Texans. And SB6 is just another one of those long, odious laws that is passed by a misguided Texas legislature to oppress the human rights of other Texans. We're not gonna stand for that. The Texas Transgender Oppression Act must die. 
and with your help, it will. Texas trans folks have been part of the soil of this great state for as long as we have been walking this planet. Just down the road from here, we had what was called the Texas Tea Party, which was a convention of trans folks that was the largest trans convention until Southern Comfort took that title you know, from 1988 to you know, 1996. You know, we have had a long history of trans folks going to, through Phyllis Fry and some of our other elders who have fought oppression during their time period. And I, and Lou, and many other trans Texans are heirs to that legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is that I also represent a community that has been the victims of anti-trans violence. SB6, to quote, to paraphrase Representative Symphonia Thompson in a speech that she made in 2005 when she talked about the passage of the, the amendment that banned marriage in Texas, called it, that's it, said that it would inflame the hellfire flames of bigotry. Well, SB6 is fueling the hellfire flames of transphobic bigotry and should not be allowed to stand. Yeah. It's simple what we Texans want. We trans Texans want to be able to live our lives to the best of our ability. Our trans kids want to be able to go to school, earn their best grades, live their lives, make friends, and also become the citizens that we know that they can be. Trans Texas adults, we just want to be able to work, pay our taxes, you know, and just enjoy our lives like anybody else in the Lone Star State. Why does the Republican majority have a problem with that? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. But the problem is, but the thing is, they let's say they have to realize that not only do trans Texans live here, we're not going away. We also vote. Yeah. And 2016 is coming. Tw excuse me. 2018 is coming. Why well, I still have that election on my mind? <laughs> Texas, we, I say, if we don't like the legislation coming out of this session, we've got to change the legislators. If you don't like the person who's representing you, Representative Cole Quartz, Representative Eddie Lucio Jr., Dan Patrick, Ken Paxton, what are you going to do next November to do something about it? Exactly. Make sure that you're registered to vote and be prepared to do that. And if you don't see the candidates that you think should represent you, consider running for the office yourself.
Bombadida, 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 Sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Take a break from the social isolation and come out to All Jokes, the daytime outdoor comedy show at All Good Pizza in Bayview on Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Where Drea Myers hosts a super funny lineup of comedians. Grab some brick oven pizza and enjoy the show in an outdoor courtyard with plenty of room to be physically distanced. See you soon at All Good Pizza for this tremendous outdoor comedy show at 1605 Gerald Avenue in the Bayview. That's all jokes at Good Pizza with Drea Myers, Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, Depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance 
on the Chancellor. Italian, and we brought you fascismus with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering Nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. <laughs>